This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, April 17th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. At the Cato Institute's Conference on Poverty held in New York, Columbia University Professor John McWhorter discussed some policy reforms that could reduce poverty in America. A primary problem, he says, is America's decades-long failed war on drugs. The first thing that I think will make a major dent in black poverty is to eliminate the war on drugs. And that's not just because that is a particularly favorite subject of mine. It's because it really does apply directly to this problem. So never mind that the war on drugs is a failure. I mean, that's, that's an ineluctable fact. From 2006 to 2010, heroin overdoses went up 45% amidst a war on drugs that during that time had been going on for over 40 years. Hopeless. So, first of all, it doesn't work. Second, never mind that the war on drugs is what creates the sort of thing that leads to episodes such as what happened in Ferguson. As I argued in time a few months ago, if we look at the entire trajectory of what happened between Michael Brown and Darren Wilson, the key point is what led Michael Brown to have the oppositional attitude towards Wilson that he had. And wait, as I said in Time Magazine, that attitude was justified. He was justified in his dismissal of Wilson and what he clearly felt initially as an inappropriateness in that man's authority. Where that came from was the way the police had been treating that community for years. And in terms of the militaristic nature of it, that traced to the war on drugs and its effect on all sorts of communities like those. So never mind that the war on drugs does create that kind of chip on the shoulder, which I think is justified in a lot of black men that can lead to such grievous consequences as those. More important is this. When welfare was reformed to be limited to five years back in 1996, it did wonders for black child poverty because it was a major benefit to black women who had been on welfare before. For five years, great. But the old policy where you were on welfare and no one cared whether you got a job, that deeply harmed black communities. There were people at the time who thought that black women would wind up shivering on subway grates. That was reasonable as it happened, and thank God they were wrong. And I'm aware of no record of any black women who've been affected by welfare reform who resent it. It hasn't been a magic bullet. It hasn't created a new middle class, but it's certainly a heck of a lot better than the way it was. However, welfare reform has largely improved the lives of women. At this point, we also need to get to men because half of human beings are men. And that has been more difficult over the past 20 years. Now, what does the war on drugs have to do with that? It's delicate to talk about, but nevertheless, I think it's true. The war on drugs discourages black men who have been dealt a bad hand by life from getting legal work. It's as simple as that. If you've gone to a terrible school, you haven't had a great life. You live in a very isolated community. School isn't really working very well for you. You haven't had the benefit of horizons to think about where you could go. Well, what are you gonna do in terms of work? 
I think most of us in that situation would either be tempted or would have a sibling who would be tempted to maybe do a kind of work that is done within your community by people who you know of your social class and your color who speak the language that you do, where there's always a looming promise that you might get rich, you probably won't, but you could, and you can keep the wolf from your door. There's a factoid that's general now that drug dealers don't get rich, sure, but you might keep the wolf from the door. It's tempting, it's there. I can honestly say that if I grew up in a black inner city community, the person that I am would probably have chosen that over going and getting some sort of grueling legal work with the idea that I had to do that for a while and build job skills. It's a perfectly natural decision. However, what creates that is the war on drugs because the reason you can keep the wolf from the door is because drugs can be sold at a markup because they're illegal. If you couldn't sell them for that markup, then nobody could make a living selling drugs on the street, and therefore, the only choice for a person would be to make the best of what is unfortunately the worst and seek legal employment. That's the way it used to be. So this is not science fiction. That's the way it used to be before the war on drugs. One of the oddest things, if you read ethnographies of black communities before the war on drugs, is that as hideous as that world before the civil rights movement was, you can go into even inner city, what we would call black communities, 93%, 94% of black men of whatever degree of education work. You had to. Now, I'm not saying that any of that society was utopia, but that one part of it was. There was no such thing as making a living by what a typical newspaper will call odd jobs and getting by. No, you, you had to get a job. And what's important about getting a job, this is not some sort of anti-Macassar moralism here. What's important about getting a job is that you start in a lowly job and then you work your way up, you have job skills, and after a while you're much less likely to be poor than you are if you're slinging drugs on the street and likely to either be killed or, if not that, spend a good portion of your young life in prison. Poverty is inevitable. So, the war on drugs is what creates that. It creates this endless temptation. John McWhorter is a professor at Columbia University. He spoke at the Cato Institute's conference, Can We End Poverty? More clips are available at Cato.org.